Jesus. We need to open our Bible somewhere. I'm in John chapter uh, 14. <laughs> no, I'm just reading you text messages that the Lord sent to you here. If you get your face in this book, you'll get a good message. So he texted in verse uh, chapter uh, 14 and verse 25, he said, I've te texted these things to you, being yet present with you. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, to take you through the inn and pay two days wages, by the way. He, he'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have texted to you. Look at this. Peace I leave with you. I give you not like the world gives peace. Let not your heart, let not, here, this is something I, I'm required to do then, then. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So if my heart's troubled, what happened? I let it. I let it be troubled. That's why it's not good to sit around thinking a lot. Yeah. No, no, we need to stop listening to ourselves and talk to ourselves. Say, no, 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 that's not me. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. No, 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 that's not me. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. No, no, that's not me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in my circumstances. The great one is rising up right now. Hallelujah. And then you get to chapter 15. He said, if you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, you'll ask, and the word I, I like to point out, that word ask is the word I, A-I-T-E-O, I, I, I A-I-T-E-O, I think it's pronounced, and it means to demand. It means you've got covenant rights, and you're not, you're not demanding it from him. He bought, he bought the covenant for you with his blood. He's saying, so if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can demand your will be done, and it'll be done unto you. Isn't that what he said? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then in verse, uh, in verse 13, he says, these things I've spoken unto you, or these things, if texting works for you, these, it's, it's my text I have right here. I'm reading a text from him right here. And I got my face in the book right now, so this is working. These things I've spoken unto you, that my joy... Look, you don't have any idea how happy he is. And the Bible says his presence is fullness of joy and his right hand pleasure forevermore. If you think you're going to go to heaven and see some sad, sack, sad looking face there, it doesn't happen there. And even when he walked the earth, I mean, he, he, yeah, he, he did some things when he talked to the Pharisees and things like that, but he had fun. I could, when I read it, I can see what he's doing sometimes. Tells the disciples, go over there on the Sabbath and start eating the barley. He did those things. He, he, you know, and they, they didn't stay all night in Jerusalem, but I was in the cave where they used to spend their nights across over on the Mount of Olives. And my picture of that deal is a fire going at the front of the door, you know, and a bunch of guys sitting around laughing. Yeah, yeah, he taught them, and he taught them through illustration and parable, but they had a good time. 
<laughs> they had a good time in God. If you got a frowning, frowny looking God on a stone throne, you don't know God at all. Come on, what did he say? He, what did he say the kingdom was in Romans 14, 17? Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Peace in the Holy Ghost and joy in the Holy Ghost. He said, my people ought to be happy, but they're still the thief on the cross. They haven't made the transition into the kingdom of God where there's redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. They haven't gotten a hold of 1 John 1, 9. I tell you, you need to keep that in your wallet. Pull that card out when you need it. Amen. So you don't have to go around ruining your day because of something that you... And if you haven't missed it, in, if you haven't missed it yet today, the day's not over. And if you're proud sitting there that you haven't missed it, you missed it. <laughs> it no, it's the grace of God and the love of God. He coined a new word for love. It wasn't phylos or eros or any of that. He coined the word agape. Agape means I love you without cause or condition. I love you and I will never change my mind. I love you, period, over and out. Amen. Thank you. So again, 15, 11. These things I have spoken unto you so that you'd sit in church with a pickle face. Or hang out in the foyer till the third song starts up. Because you're glad to be in my presence, but it has to be when the praise and worship's halfway over. Yeah. No, no, come on. No, no. If I'm coming here expecting, I'm glad to see you. I, I know what it's like to want to hang out. I, you know, we had prayer here yesterday morning, and when we first got there, I was hoping we didn't pray right away because I wanted to run around and talk to everybody. I know, like, I'm, I'm, so don't take this as a, as a, you can't take it as that because you're loved. I, I'm just saying, when I realize whose presence I'm coming into when I find out that he inhabits the praises of his people. I'm glad that I have some time to see you after the service. But right now, my Bible says I got to attend to something. I got something to attend to. So I can't be around here chatting with you right now. I'm glad I saw you. Haven't seen you since last Sunday. Where were we on Thursday? I just questions I would ask. <laughs> <laughs> These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. And look at this, and that your joy might be what? Have you ever eaten till you were full? I haven't seen that kind of joy in here yet. I've experienced that kind of full. I did ribs in the smoker yesterday. <laughs> Best ones yet. Oh, my. And that made me joyful. <laughs> How about verse 22? Or verse 12, rather. This, this commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I loved you. Well, again, if I'm going to love God with all my heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love my neighbor as myself, it begins at home. I have to love me. That means I have to get to agape love. I have to love myself unconditionally. Unconditional love for yourself. Do you have that? Yeah. 
This is my commandment. Notice this wasn't a request either. <laughs> that you love one another as I have loved you. How did you love me, Lord? Greater love has no man than this, that he'll lay down his life for his friends. When real love starts operating in you, that's what you'll do. You'll lay down your life for your friends. You, you'll put their needs and their requirements above yours. <laughs> How many of you know we have a way to go? This is his word. Henceforth, I call you not servants. The servant doesn't know what the Lord's doing. I have made, but I have made these things known unto you. You have, look at this verse 16. You didn't choose me. You didn't get up one day and say, I think I'll get saved. But I have chosen you. Somebody was interceding for you. That's for sure. But it happened that you would go forth and bring forth fruit. What fruit? The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance and self-control. What the world needs now, there used to be an old song years ago before my time. <laughs> I heard Paul singing it one day. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. The world is starving for love. Starving for love. And they don't see it in the church either. And, it's, and the reason being is because we don't like ourselves. How can we like each other? No, if you don't like you, how can you? If I, I, here's the thing that I've noticed. Like, I got 20 bucks or 30 bucks in my wallet. I could, give it, I could give it away right now this morning because I have it. But I can't give 50 bucks away because I only have 30 in my wallet. And we're trying to do things. We're trying to give things to other people that we don't even possess ourselves. And so it's, it's important for me to, to, to embrace the love of God and develop the love of God in my life so that I can give it away. I can't give, it, it's like I can't love, I don't, I can't love you until I know how much God loves me. The more I know God loves me, the more that I got to give you, see? This is why he says, study to show yourself approved a workman that needs not to be ashamed. He's saying, when you study my word, shame will leave you, guilt will, will leave you. That reminds me of a verse over in... Uh, and I know I've shared this verse with you before, Psalm uh, 66. Verse 18, and David's talking. And he said, if I he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, I know the Lord won't hear me. What was he saying? God, God knows the very, before you ever speak it out of your mouth, he said, I know the thoughts that you have before they ever come on your tongue. So, so obviously he, there's something, there's another truth here. He's saying, what he's saying there is Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because number one, I must believe that he exists. How many of you believe God exists? Okay, you grab that verse, pretty easy, right? How about the next part of the verse? He's a rewarder. A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's El Shaddai, not El Chippo. He does not suffer from cirrhosis of the giver. For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to reconcile the world back to myself. I found out that if I'm going to get you into the kingdom, I've got to buy you back with something of equal value. So I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to let them rip the skin off my bones and let my organs be exposed. And I'm going to let them nail me to a tree because I'm in love. I'm in love. 
I'm in love. The joy that was set before me, I endured the cross and despised the shame. I'm in love. I'm in love, so kill me. I'm in love. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I keep identifying with Jesus, with the thief rather on the cross, instead of my identification with the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is what the communion is all about, right? I'm supposed to be identifying with him. He, God, made him Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that I'd be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. And so if there's things that I, if there's things that aren't working for me, it's not God. I have to figure out how to make them work. But even when things aren't working, I've got Rev Romans 8.28 as a reality to me. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. I did those ribs up yesterday and I, and I spiced them all up and got them ready to put in the smoker. But if you had eaten them then, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have been happy. And then during a process of time, after a couple of hours, I have to take them out and do some other little things to them. And then the final thing is about the last hour, put the barbecue sauce over the top and let that caramelize on top of the ribs. <laughs> Everybody's going to run out of here now. And then it's, oh, taste and see. And there's lots of ingredients in your life that don't taste good and don't look good, but God's at work. God's at work. He's working in your life right now. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. I'm your guy. I'm your God. So he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. But, you know, a guilty conscience is a good thing because it produces some emotional pain. But that emotional pain is there for my protection. Just like if you touch a stove, the nerves are there to let you know to pull your finger back off of that hot stove. And so the guilty conscience is not a bad thing. It's there for my protection. But if I leave it, if I leave it without attending to it, if I, if I leave that guilty conscience eat away and eat at, away at me, it'll produce shame and all those kind of things. And my Bible teaches me that if I leave it unattended, it's a deadly poison. If I leave it unattended, it'll cause all kinds of sickness and disease in my body. And I found out this, you know, like I, was, I, did, I did drugs before I got saved, and drugs wear off. And when they wear off, it's like going out and getting drunk. I enjoyed a lot of that early on, uh, but it was always painful the next day. You know, sometimes I woke up and I felt like I had a spike through my temple, nailing me to the tent floor or something. Like, like you know, like it, there's a cost for anything that the devil gives you, but no cost with God. So if I leave it unattended, the tranquilizers wear off. But if I go to 1 John 1 9, can we go there right now? He said, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, right? If we, if we confess our sins, the ones that you know about, look what he says next. He said, if you confess what you know about, not only will I forgive you of your sins, but I'll cleanse you 
from all unrighteousness. So to me, it's like if I'm working out around the garage and I get dirty and I go have a shower. What, what did I do? First John 1, 9. I get dirty doing something and I got cleaned up afterwards. And I didn't, I didn't go in the house all covered in grease and say, ah, oh, there's no hope for me. No, but that's how stupid it is to carry guilt around. You mean God can't clean you up? Matter of fact, he even calls his word the water. He said, I'll cleanse you by the washing of the water by the word. So the word of God cleans you up every time. What word cleans you up the best? First John 1, 9. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do what you got to do to make them remember, God. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's drop down to chapter 3, verse um, 16. Hereby we perceive the love of God. So how can I experience the love of God in my own life as in his? I lay down my life. He laid down his life for us. Look at this. So we ought to lay down our lives. What kind of a church is that? Huh? We lay down our lives for the brethren. And so I read these things, and I've been pastoring for 28 years, and some of these things are pretty rare. Verse 17. I have met businessmen that cannot qualify for this verse whatsoever. It's just business. That's the response. No, no. You know, you can be a Christian businessman or you can be a, a Christian in business. But it's not the same thing. But whosoever has this world's goods and sees a brother has a need and shuts off his compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? There's no way. No way. If you've got the power to help somebody and you don't do it. Now, I know that there's times that God will speak to you and say, don't do that. I, I get that. But that's not your heart. Your heart is if God doesn't stop me, well, look out, I'm going to do this, right? In verse 18, my little children, let us not love in words, neither in tongue, but look at this, deed and truth. Verse 21, we just read it in Psalm 66, 18. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence with God. And if you have confidence with God, how do I have confidence with God? Well, again, it's, it's, it's Ephesians chapter 3. Paul said it this way. He, in verse 14, he said, The reason why I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, he grant unto you to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would, listen, that Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, would dwell in your heart by faith. When the love of God dwells in your heart by faith, he said, you'll be rooted and grounded in love, and able to comprehend. Now, 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 your, now your wisdom and your understanding are being enlightened. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes intellectual knowledge. He said, and when you get a hold of the love of Christ, he said, you, this is what he said. He said, when you get a hold of this, you'll be filled with the fullness of God. 
And then, then, and then if that wasn't enough, he said, now unto him that's powerful to do, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think, according to that power, that love working within me, let the love work within me and let the love be worked out of me, love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness and goodness and all that, let it be worked out of me. He said, he, he said that, that, that it's beyond my, ex he said, you, you, you can't ask big enough exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to that power that work, is at work within you to, to bring glory to the church. I'm telling you right now, you want a church that's on fire? Get a church full of love. Get a church that loves one another and cares for one another. Amen. I, you know, I, I, I believe we're there. I, by the way, we have Dale Bigley coming on uh, September the 13th through the 16th. That's a Sunday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I don't know how many of you were with us when we had them years ago over in Thorn, over in Thorn Avenue, but wow, miracles and signs and wonders then, and his ministry's gone way up past that, and he's coming here by the supernatural move of the Spirit of God on September, so, you know, get some people, to, you, know, you know, get some people coming out and expect people to come from away, and if you don't know who he is, go to my Facebook page, and you'll see Dale Bigley's interview in Atlanta. He did an interview years ago because he was dead for 12 hours, and somebody that's dead for 12 hours has a story to tell. Amen. Amen. If our heart doesn't condemn us, verse 20, 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence with God, and whatsoever we ask... We receive of him because we keep his commandments and do what is right in his sight. What's his commandments? Two of them. Love God and love your neighbor. No, it's really three. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love yourself. Turn to somebody next to you and say, love yourself. How do you know? Look at verse 23. And this is the commandment, that you should believe on the name of the Lord, of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. <laughs> It's not difficult, but it is. It's difficult because you don't like you. No, no, I, I've been pastor long enough to know there's a whole bunch of people probably right in this room that don't like you. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> That's not what I meant. You know what I meant. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> no, he's, he's doing mighty things. Peter and Jessica were just down in Digby last week. Good reports come back, you guys, by the way. Good reports. But God is, God, is, God is going to launch some powerful things through this church. And this church will be filled up more than once on a Sunday. It will be. They're coming. But God's getting you ready. God's getting you ready for it. So that you can, you know, again, you can't give away what you don't have. It's like, how can you pay somebody else's rent when you can't pay your own, right? How can you pay somebody else's mortgage off if you're still in debt up to here yourself? So you need to know that God wants to get you free, but not so that you can run to... <laughs> you know that anyway. Okay, so... <laughs> he that keeps his commandments, verse 24... 
dwells in him and he in them. And hereby we know that he abides in us, the spirit that, the spirit that he's given us. How about chapter 4 and verse 7? This used to be a song in the Pentecostal church. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. But that's, that's verse 8. Beloved, let us love one another. Verse 7, rather. He that loveth is born of God and knows God. So you can, you can be born of God and not know God. Wouldn't you take that? Isn't that a good takeaway from that verse? Like if you don't love you, you don't know God. If you don't like you, you for sure don't know God. Because you're, every time you complain about yourself, you're attacking the manufacturer. You're trying to tell him he didn't make you right. He made some junk. He made everybody else good, but there's something wrong with you. No, the only thing wrong with anybody is they don't know that God loves them. Oh, you may know it intellectually, but if it ever goes on your heart, nothing will ever hold you back. Healing won't be able to resist you. Money will hunt you down. He that loveth is born of God and knows God. So you can be born again, but not know God. And I know because you can be born into a family. A baby doesn't know the parents. And over a process of time, the baby gets to know the parents. And they grow in love. Right? So, so it's a process. But verse 8, he said, he that loveth not, it just doesn't know God. For God is love. And it's like I pointed out last week, we can forgive Moses for killing an Egyptian. He goes on and has a powerful ministry after that. I'm telling you, the church today would not ever let him, that man get back up again. Are you kidding? He killed a guy and not only that, he buried him in the sand. How about David You're killing Uriah the Hittite and stealing his wife? There's no way that guy's ever going to be a pastor anywhere in this. Come on. No way, man. And I know that there's, you know, don't get me wrong. Don't get in the other ditch there either. I know that people, when they do those things, there's, they have to do what David did. <laughs> David wrote Psalm 51. He, he repented. He, he, like he, and he got before God's face, and, and, and he, he went through some things. So, so don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying that if, if God can forgive them, I can surely forgive you. I love Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whosoever will say to this mountain, be thou removed. This thing that's bothering my life for a long time, be thou removed and cast in the sea. I'm not going to dope my heart. I'm believing the things I say will come to pass. I'll have whatever I say. And the things I desire when I pray, I believe they receive them. They're delivered unto me. Then the next verse, nobody ever quotes the next verse. Verse 25. Talking about forgiving one another. Right? If you have ought against somebody, they have ought against you. So, hmm? no, your faith won't work. Your faith won't work. You can't. But now I also know that Luke said when they repent, you know, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, how many times must we forgive? And he said, when they repent. But again, that doesn't mean you hold something against them if they don't repent because forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you. You forgive them so that they can't hurt you anymore when their name comes up in your life. Oh, no, I forget. That's the, the, the pain can't be rehearsed over and over again. So he said, he that loveth not 
No, it's not God. Well, then if I don't love, there's hope for me. It's just because I don't know God. So if I don't know God, I'll get to know him. And wh wh where do I start? Loveth not God, for God is what? Angry? Punishing me? The sickness is on me because of the way I've been acting my whole life? No, he loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not upset with you in any way, shape, or form. If you're regarding iniquity in your heart, he can't hear you, but it's not because he doesn't want to. It's just that he's a faith being, and your exchange is, the exchange to buy things on earth is money. The exchange in heaven is your faith. But even then, even then, in Luke chapter 5, there's such a powerful story. Peter fished all night and caught nothing. Have you ever experienced working real hard and nothing comes back to you? Well, he did that. It was like there was no deposit. He did have a deposit, but there was no return. And then Jesus uses his boat. But again, see the covenant? You see the covenant? Peter had to do something first. Peter had to do something to get that big catch of fish. He gave Jesus his boat. And then Jesus comes ashore and said, Peter, launch out into the deep for a great catch of fish. Peter said, so Peter didn't have an ounce of faith. How do you know? Because of what he said. He said, no, no. He said, I toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, because of my heart's toward you, I'll obey you. But I'm not expecting anything. But the, the powerful takeaway from that is, the, the powerful takeaway is, he, he's not after your faith, he's after your heart. And really, faith is just is an outgrowth of that heart in the, in the end anyway. So most people don't have a faith problem. Most people have a heart condition. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hallelujah. Keep your heart after God. You might not pass all the faith. But here's, you know, Romans 8, 28. He says, he said, when I don't know how to pray, the Spirit will pray through me. And then, and then he goes on and says, with groanings that can't be articulated. So did you know that a groan will reach the throne? It doesn't have to be some fancy all King James prayer. Sometimes it's just, oh, God. Amen. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent. See, but, but manifested, love manifests itself. That's another thing. Like you can't, you, it, it's like you can respect God, but in order to honor God, it's going to cost you something. Right? Well, I just, no, no, it costs. Honor costs. Herein is love manifested toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God. See, so if I'm waiting for a friend, I need to go produce friends. If I sow friendship, my Bible tells me I'll reap it. Here in his love, not that, we, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a propitiation or the mercy seat is really literal translation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, ought not we also to love one another? And in order for me to love you, I've got to take an interest in your life. I can't just see you on a Sunday and wave at you. I've got to investigate 
And I found out, you know, in Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, Cheryl, you would know this. They said, if you want to keep it, give it away. Same thing with Christianity. If you're struggling in an area, go help somebody else. It'll be amazing to you because give and it shall be given unto you. Notice even that's a covenant. You give first and then it's given unto you. You want it to be given unto you, but you haven't given, right? And you can cry all you want to, but God will not contradict his word. He can't. The day that he contradicts his word, the universe flies apart. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If, if we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess Jesus, the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known, look at this, we have known and believed. Notice two things. No, no, like I know that if I go home at lunchtime and eat food out of the fridge, I'll live. But knowing that, that I can eat food out of the fridge won't keep me alive if I don't eat. I could die on the kitchen floor. So, you know, there's an action involved in whatever you believe. If, if you believe in God for healing in your body, then you need to act. If you can only move one finger, get it going. Come on, make faith. Do, do something. Saying, I'm believing God. I'm believing God for this or that or the other thing. If you believe in God for finances, it always works. Give. If you believe in God for healing in your body, go find somebody else and pray for them. That'll work too. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17, herein is our love made telos, mature, perfect. Herein is our love made perfect, that we have, may have boldness when all circumstances are negative against you. It's not talking about judgment day. It's a day of judgment. When it looks like everything that you've been believing God for has fallen apart. Maybe you've been believing God for something for two or three years and it just doesn't seem to be working. I'm here to tell you it's working right now. It's working right now. God is working right now. He said in the Song of Solomon, I'm behind the lattice work. You get a little glimpse, a little flicker of light now and then. But he's there because he'll never fail you. Why? Because love never fails. Think about it. Think about it. Love you want to succeed in life? Love never fails. Love never fails. So you can't fail if you're walking in love. Can't be done. Why? Because God is love. Here is this love made mature that we may have boldness in a, in a day of judgment because as he is. Does your Bible say what my Bible says? He was here. He wasn't sick. He wasn't here, he wasn't broke. Matter of fact, he had a lot of money until, until he went to the cross. Read, read your Bible closely and find out how much money he traveled with. Find out about all the women that were supporting his ministry. You can't go anywhere with 70 people in train with you and not have money. He'd send those guys, read Luke chapter 10. He sent 70 of them ahead of him to go where he was preaching. They had to have hotels and rooms and food and all lodging and all that kind of stuff. You don't do that. The church is just after my money. No, God's after your heart. And unfortunately, it's hooked up hard to your money.
Pastor Ted Uke said he was looking out his office window one day and he saw a guy get out of his car and walk towards the church and then he turned around and went back and put his wallet under the seat before he came in. Because he didn't want God to convict him. He might have to give some money to the church. Now, how many of you know the love of God is not in that man? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. No, lift your wallet. No, no, come on. No, no, it's like, it's like you know, I can give Nancy a birthday card, but there better be something in it. <laughs> and why would I treat God with any less respect than that? No, no, I, come on. I, we, we, we used to have meetings sometimes on Tuesday nights when we were early in the church, and I used to call it Toonie Tuesday. No, no, people would come in and throw a toonie in the offering plate, and then they go to Pizza Hut and spend 40 bucks. So they tip God, and then, and then later on there's a bill comes in, they're praying over the finances. Oh, God, forget it. I mean, his mercy, in his mercy, he may bail you out, but that's not the way it works. The covenant is you move, and then he moves. Abraham, offer up your son Isaac. Because if you don't offer up your son Isaac, I can't offer up my son Jesus because that's how a covenant works. Well, I didn't mean to preach all that. Hallelujah, but here we go. We're almost done. Verse 18, this is how I'm going to know when I've arrived. How many of you know you're not ever going to fully arrive, but you're being changed from glory to glory? He said, there is no fear in love. That means no anxiety, no wringing your hands, no fretting over something that didn't work out the way you planned. None of that. There is no fear of love in love. Why? Because mature love, it doesn't mean that fear won't come, but it says that when fear comes, the love of God will push it out. That's why Paul told Timothy in Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, how would you like to be Timothy? He's pastoring a church. And it's, when he took it over, it was almost 100,000 people. And now there's, the attendance is going down, not because they're leaving and going to another church, because Nero's killing them, executing them in all kinds of crazy, sick ways, feeding them to lions and all that. And so Paul comes along, hey, Timothy, got some good news for you. God hasn't given you that spirit of fear, but one of power and love and of a sound mind. What? I was just getting ready to run away. What? Anisimus took the church over after Timothy was done, and it continued. Anisimus, you can read about him in Philemon, that one page. He was a runaway slave, a cool guy. He, 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 was, he was Philemon's slave or employee at best, and he ripped off Philemon and wanted to go to Rome, just like lots of people like to go to New York City now because it's the capital of the free world. Go to New York and see whatever. <laughs> I saw horses and cows this morning I'd rather hang out with, but that's another story. <laughs> No, no, the horses on a cold morning with the smoke coming out of their noses. Oh, anyway, so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so Philemon, he, or Onesimus, rather, he steals from Philemon. Philemon had a big church in his house. It was a huge church. And a matter of fact, his son Archippus, I think, pastored the church. Anyway, uh, uh, Onesimus ran away to Rome to spend the money. He got arrested. And when he got arrested, they threw him in jail with Paul the Apostle. <laughs> he landed in jail chained up to Paul the Apostle. 
Paul got him saved, of course, born again and spirit-filled. And then he writes Philemon. That's what that whole page is about there. He says, Philemon, he might have left you as a slave, but he's coming back as your brother. <laughs> and then he said, Philemon, if he owes you anything, he said the same thing that Jesus said, I'll take care of it when I get there. The love of God, people, the love of God. He was running his heart away from the church and people that, and, and church people as he could go and ended up in jail. That's it for him. Not welcome here anymore. No, no. Paul the apostle said, I'm sending him back to you as a brother. Receive him as a brother. He's not your employee anymore. He's your, he's, he's family. So one last verse here, verse, verse 18 again. There is no fear in love because fear, because perfect love casts out fear. And there is no, because fear hath torment. You know, fear is kind of like one of the Anglo-Saxon words is the word worgan, where you get the word worry or where you get the word worm. Something that's worming its way into your head to take over your thought life. How do I defeat that, Pastor? By taking God's word and speaking it out of your mouth. By doing Corinthians 10 and verse 4. My weapons aren't natural, but they're mighty through God. To pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations. Anything that goes against this book is an imagination. Casting down imaginations in every high thought that exalts itself against this book, against the knowledge of this book, and bringing it into captivity to the thoughts that are in this book, renewing my mind by the word of God. Then he said, have a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, when those negative thoughts come, snap a hold of them right away. Confess the word of God right away. Get one of those I am cards that the church passes out here. There's 40 things that you can change your life with, just saying those every day. When I first got into those, I would take them to the bathroom with me. Everywhere I ran, I'd read those 40. I don't read them as often anymore, but I still need them. Yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.